It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's movie podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, it's the Frozen 2 episode. I sat down with the stars of the Frozen sequel, Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, Josh Gad, Jonathan Groff, and new to the franchise, Evan Rachel Wood. We had a lot to talk about. Is Into the Unknown the new Let It Go? Will there be a Frozen 3? And will we ever see an animated Disney movie with a lead character that is LGBTQ? I'll have that and a whole lot more after the break. Stick around for the Big Ticket's Frozen 2 episode. Okay, let's go. So we're supposed to be sticking to the script. But we ain't. Because <laughs> that's just not what we do. It's your girl, Tim Bam, y'all. And it's AJ Hey, And we're giving a whole bunch of good, bad advice. And a lot of bad, great <laughs> advice. <laughs> we're trying to teach you how to say when, how, and how much, y'all. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Now, that doesn't always have to apply to your sex life, ladies. It can absolutely apply to your career. Unless your sex life is your career, then it's interchangeable. <laughs> We're talking about a whole lot of sex. I love the sex. Hey, and a bunch of money. We love the money and relationships. Yeah, We're going to work on that. <laughs> so listen to our new show, We Talk Back, every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. First up is Kristen Bell. Hi, Kristen Bell. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. How exciting is all this? Frozen 2. Yeah, I know. It, it yeah. felt like it would never come, but it's finally here, and now it feels crazy. Because at the premiere, there were no less than 1,000 people in costume, and mm-hmm. so many kids. The whole night felt electric, and that was the first time I'd seen it with an audience. And it was that much better. I was there, as you know. And the, my friend's niece was in front of me, and her laughter was just, it just like, I just wanted to listen to her laugh all night just watching the movie. Yeah, it's like these, the, the, the high you get off kids who are enjoying life, yes. it's something we lose as adults, and it's something we don't really talk about, but it's why, like, you know, moms or dads, after they have a kid, they talk about how they smell and how great it is to see them play together. Like, I don't think we get high off of kids enough to be honest you know and i i had actually um uh raffled off my date tickets for the women's peace and humanitarian fund which is a leg of the un that i'm an ambassador for which works on women's issues all over the world and to raise money we said you know buy a raffle ticket for 10 bucks and this the most excellent little girl i have ever met named mia came 
And she was five years old, dressed in full Anna. She sat next to me. She talked from the moment the movie started until the end of the credits. But I got to go through her narration. And when Elsa would sing and Anna would sing, she would stand up and she would throw magic at the screen. It was, <laughs> I mean, I felt like I was floating. On the other end of the spectrum, you have kids and then you have a $100 million opening weekend. Yeah. That's what they're predicting. I mean, what? that's crazy. You know, to be honest, it, 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 first of all, it's great. I'm not complaining about it, but it really isn't. We're so proud of the film, and I'm so proud to have these kinds of metaphors and issues and complex characters put in front of kids, because I think we don't give kids enough credit to what they can understand and struggles they can see and get through and learn from. But also adults, like there have been numerous times that people on our team have heard of adults being in a really low place and said, I was considering suicide and I saw Frozen and I realized I can be me. Like real things. So when you think about that in comparison, when you know those stories behind the scenes, the $100 million doesn't... um, it just doesn't seem as important, right. you know? Right. It's amazing and I'm so grateful for it, but I'm so damn proud of this movie and I'm what I'm proud of is not that it made $100 million, I'm proud that that many people are going to see this right. story. So, like you said, it's it means so much to people. Anna and Elsa, how have they changed from Frozen 1 to Frozen 2? Well, whereas the first one was definitely about the an intimate problem, right? The walls Mm -hmm. between them, breaking them down. And we explored these ideas that had never really been brought to the surface before, the idea of familial love and self-love, which dare I say are more important to introduce to people than romantic love. We see tons of movies about romantic love, but self-love and familial love aren't really explored. So in the first movie, they were sort of looking towards each other and uh, encouraging one another to be who they are and have Elsa, you know... um, but, you know, know that her powers were a part of her and not be scared of how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. The second movie is much like when you leave the house for the first time at 18, when you're out of your nest, mm-hmm. because we're in Arendelle for 10 clock minutes, and then we are out in this enchanted forest. We're experiencing things we never saw before. Everyone's changing, and that's what the, you know, the big bad world does to people. Right. But there's still this fierce sense of loyalty between the sisters. But in this one, Anna, my character, gets a lot more of the self-discovery that Elsa was able to get in the first film. She mm-hmm. develops and sort of learns who she is and deals a lot with her codependency. <laughs> <laughs> um, so should the Oscars have a voice performance award? It's like the more, um, the more these animated films are just monumental, the performances are incredible, why doesn't the Oscars have oh, because, a voice performance? Well, don't but don't they kind of feel, I guess, like best song? But it is two different things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason they shouldn't is because Adina would just win it every year. It's sort of like. Just but it would only. It. But, it, but, it, but it'd be <laughs> only based on song, but just the acting, just the in the performance. Yeah. That's a very interesting idea. I mean, yeah, I feel like that should be acknowledged. But I'm also of the opinion that we give ourselves a lot of awards. Well, there's that. Too. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. do we need it? I don't know. But but then again, I think about watching her work or watching people that I've been inspired by work. And I think, yeah, they, they do deserve some acknowledgement. Um, I mean, Josh Gad. I mean, scene I stealer. 
And that's the, not song. You know, that's not song. Maybe that's, they should have. Now that I could, I would also probably back Scene Stealer. Yeah. The, the Oscar for really Scene get, Stealer. Uh, uh, the thief. They call it the thief. <laughs> who stole the scene? So now do you get a free subscription to Disney Plus? No, not as of yet. I don't even get tickets to the park. What? Come on. Come on. It's a different leg of the business. Believe me, I've fought it. Um, <laughs> no, but I am, but I will be subscribing because I also have a show. I know. That's why I would Disney think Plus. you would get a Maybe. Free I should talk to them about a code. They have codes, right? You can enter a code. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, well, first of all, I, was, I would get it anyway because my kids love Disney content right. and, you know, obviously we love Marvel, con Marvel content and we're huge on Nat Geo. Um, but... The Encore, which is the name of the show I do on Disney Plus, I I'm intensely proud of Frozen, but I don't know that you could top how proud I am of Encore. It's a show where it's an unscripted show that mm -hmm. is super positive, but we reunite previous high school musical theater casts and ask them to re perform their high school musical in six days. So what you have in that, it's the backdrop of what I believe in that everyone should sing and dance. Um, but you have people who want to leave their jobs for seven days just to have fun. The show is so brilliant because every time I watch a cut of it, you you watch these people who are reintroducing themselves to people they already know, having shed the label of what they got in high school. Right. And there's so few things. This is what I've learned from being a producer on the show. There's so few things that unite us all. But you say the word high school to anyone on the planet and they get a pit in their stomach and they feel like they're going to puke because that is high school is traumatic right. to come back. It's like time travel and people make amends. People say things they wish they had said. People tell their stories. I behaved like a bully because this was happening to me. Mm -hmm. You watch human connection happen right in front of you. People come out of the closet. People, it's beautiful to watch. And it's it's wow. one of the things I've I've. I'm most proud of. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing concept. Who came up with that? Uh, it came, uh, it was a nugget in the brain of Jason Cohen, who's a right. documentary filmmaker, and he saw this reunification of people coming back after high school as being uh, great stories. Wow. And he brought it to uh, Will Gluck at, uh, and Richie Schwartz at Olive Bridge, and they brought it to me, and the three of us powwowed for a couple weeks, and we were like, hmm, unscripted, which we know nothing about. <laughs> Should we have a contest? Should there be a prize? And over the course of a few weeks, we were like, no, it's this show is about humanity. There's no wow. professional talent required. People are singing on and off key, but it's just fun. It, there is something magical, and this ties into the watching kids, about adults having fun. Right. Gossip Girl. Yeah. It's coming back. Can you believe when it? When did you find out? When did they ask you to be a part of it again? Uh, a couple months ago, uh, Stephanie and Josh, the creators, emailed me, and I couldn't believe it. But I mean... What did they say? They just said, we've got very good news. It's looking like we're going to do uh, another version of Gossip Girl, and we would love for you to return. And I was thrilled because, A, it was a very easy job for me. I got to come in and play around, and it's the only job I've never gotten notes on because... They that I got the job because they had just canceled Veronica Mars on right. the CW, and I called Don Ostroff, who was running the studio at the time, and I said, um, so I'm out of work. <laughs> you have a VO on this teenager show. Can I just do it? And she was like, yeah, let me pitch it. And I just wanted to be the cattiest version of myself, and they never gave me a note. They were like, just make it really catty, go. Um, but it's so much fun to watch. It's just, it's it's beautiful, it's silly, it's dramatic, and um, I'm excited that they're revamping it because it's just like fun entertainment.
Awesome. Kristen, thank you so much. Right now, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, Adina Menzel reveals what her 10-year-old son said to her after seeing Frozen 2. Plus, Adina tells me what she really thinks about Ariana Grande starring as Elphaba in the movie adaptation of Wicked. Stay tuned. Do you ever wish you could get more from your podcast? Well, you can with BuzzFeed Daily, hosted by me, Casey Rackham. And me, Zach Safford. On our show, we've got more good news and more pop culture. More memes and more celebrity tea. More of everything that's blowing up your timeline and trending on the internet. Every weekday evening, we're giving you more of what you need to enjoy your day. Because what's life if it isn't to be enjoyed? Listen to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Dina. Hi. How oh, are you? So good to see you. So good to see you always. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other night, was it your first time seeing it with an audience? Yeah. Uh, I saw it at a, um, a screening with just the cast and the um, creative team right. two weeks ago at like a fancy banquet. At oh, the banquet. They, oh, they're giving you a banquet. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the premiere was the first time with a real audience. What's it like hearing the kids' voices just laughing? Laughing, asking, asking so many questions. My son actually looked over at me and and uh, said, "That was badass, mom." That's what so, he said. Yeah, which is a wow. big deal because he often, you know, sort of doesn't allow me to be as cool as I think that I am, mm-hmm. um, especially having frozen cred. So. Um, <laughs> He gave me that. Plus, he doesn't like to, whenever I sing, he tells me to shut up. So, Does he really? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, remember when your parents used to sing in the car or whatever? My parents like so were not a Dina Menzel singing to me. <laughs> exactly. It's probably why it makes it worse. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's magical, actually. You know, and for it to sort of live in, it's so, it lives on so many levels, this film especially, mm-hmm. which I think is really brilliant about it. Just, it's, it's going to resonate um, with so many people. There's there's such a so many deep themes. I mean, right. what and it, it doesn't it doesn't patronize to the kids or condescend. Um, I think that um, but there's some really spiritual sort of uh, existential mm-hmm. themes about it that I think the grown-ups will appreciate. So how have Anna and Elsa changed from Frozen One to Frozen Two? Um, I mean, I think that in Frozen One, they're more, uh, it's more internal. It's sort of they're in the, the relationship is, is explored sort of amongst their dynamic with their family and who they are to each other. And in the second movie, it's the two of them kind of going out into the world and seeing, um, you know, what their purpose is in the world. Um, in a lot of ways, it hasn't changed because it's still this sort of fierce loyalty that they have for each other that I mm-hmm. think is what was so beautiful about the first film. And continues in this movie it's they um just i mean i know that feeling because i feel it from my younger sister um they just stand up for each other they have each other's backs and what i love in this film is they really want they want each other to find that thing in themselves that makes them truly feel fulfilled and happy and um and and realized and 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 authentic you know they really want that for each other so whose idea was it to make fun of Let It Go in Frozen 2? Um, I'm not <laughs> sure. Maybe the songwriters, the composers. I'm not sure about that. Have you ever had to tell... Okay, this... I don't know how to he say doesn't. It. He makes fun of Let It Go and he also makes fun of the way she walks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
Have you ever had to tell someone, like if someone says, oh, they don't know you as Adina Menzel. I'm like, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, a singer, an actress, anything I know. Have you ever said, well, there's this song, let yeah, it go. Yeah, sometimes that's how I do it. Really? Well, um. <laughs> and what, how do they react? Well, because sometimes, well, I just did it somewhere. Where was I? Where I was like, um, oh, I'm a little ashamed. Because I <laughs> wanted to get my son into the doctor earlier for something that was happening. And I didn't feel like the receptionist knew who I was. And I'm in the middle of this junket. And I didn't want to act like my life and my problems were bigger than right. anybody else's. But I didn't. I, the schedule is such that it is that it's like I had to take them before we got here, before school. And, and they, she wasn't moving and she was like, I'm three weeks from now. And I was like, I got to get my kid in. I'm about to go to London. And so then I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm an actress and I have to get to this premiere tonight. I don't, do you have any daughters? It's called Let It Go. And I mean, it's called Frozen and I sing Let It Go. But it's okay. You know, if you don't have time, I'm sure I'll. Sure, I'll find a way to get in there. You know, just put me in for three weeks from now. Call me if there's any um, cancellations. That's usually what no, I I'll do. I'll just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and what did she do? No, she actually didn't give a shit. <laughs> and that teaches me a lesson. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes like a taxi driver will say something or they hear me singing in the taxi, like warming up on the way to somewhere and I don't mm -hmm. want to say anything, but then I kind of like give it away a little bit. Are you, are you ready to sing Into the Unknown at the Oscars? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't know, yeah, you uh, did it well, already. Well, there are two songs, first of all, in right. this film that yes. I think are spectacular. Um, and um, waiting to see if, if kids or people gravitate to one more than the other, because I think they're both really special. Um, but, you know, that was like lightning in a bottle, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that when you do a sequel like this, there's a lot of pressure and all that. But right. I've really taught myself the older I'm getting to really try not to be result oriented and to really surround yourself with people you love to work with because um, life's too short and to enjoy the process. And I did every step of the way. I love working on this film. I love everybody involved. And I loved singing the music and the songs they gave me and and, and interpreting them and, and figuring them out. And um, so if that stuff happens, that would be great. But I... I'm not depending on it. Frozen 3? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there'll be one? Well, I guess it's unprecedented that there is a sequel to a Disney musical movie right. in the first place. Yeah. So, you know. Keep going. Yeah. Keep, bringing, keep making history. Let's see how we do. Um, that's up to them. Whatever they feel. I'll say, I'll say that what I respect so much about Jennifer and Chris Buck, the writers and directors, is that they really were not sort of uh, exploitive and, and or trying to make a sequel for the sake of right. uh, economics and all that kind of stuff. And box office, they really waited and they were patient and kind of waiting till they till, till the story informed them and what they felt was important right. to say. And that's why it took longer than you would think. Do you think there should be an Oscar for... Um, voice performance? Uh, that's a good question. Do you? There's a part of me that says yes. I mean, I look at like, you know, and listen to Billy Eichner and Lion mm -hmm. King, Josh Gad, yeah. the two of you. I mean, why not? I mean, you're acting, no? No, we're totally acting and we... I guess you, you would fall into the acting category, but I feel like it's a... Uh... Maybe if it was just that kind of category. Right. Maybe, or maybe there's his own little awards thing on a Thursday night for I think there, the is. I think there is. <laughs> there is? Well, I've so. never been nominated. <laughs> uh, hello. Mm -hmm. um, 
On the other side of the spectrum of Frozen 2 uh -huh. is Uncut Gems. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite movies of the year. It's great, isn't it? I'm obsessed. No, like, like I know. A, in it's, the office, everyone's like, Mark, it's shut up about It's a roller coaster yes. trip. How did you get involved with that? Who called you? Um, I don't know exactly. I think I was doing Skin Tight, this play at mm -hmm. the Roundabout in New York, and um, I think maybe Scott Rudin had seen it, and he was working with the Safdie brothers, and so then um, we went out and we had lunch. But um, I was just excited to work with edgy, new um, filmmakers. You and know, opposite and, Adam Sandler in a way you've Adam. never seen him before. But that I've in Punch Drunk Love, right. he was amazing. I, you know, I think like comedians get this weird rap. Everybody makes such a big deal about it when they're like, do have a great acting performance. I mean, comedians are the most courageous uh, they, uh, and, and, and uh, artists, I think, mm -hmm. out there. And um, what they have to do with their instrument and their body and their... Um, it's just incredible, and I don't know why we're always so surprised. You know, I mean, he does his goofy stuff, but you can tell he's just such a deep, soulful person, and he's so much fun to work with. Um, the most generous, sweetest guy that there is, um, and we just played in a very uh, chaotic, um, uh, on a very chaotic set. There's sort of a method to their madness, and what is that it, method? Is it just throw it all up against the wall and see no, what happens? No, they just they really get to know their environment and, the and the brothers. world that they're in. Yeah. yeah, and then they have a script, and you start with it, and then you and then you get rid of it, and then you come back to it, and and you got Benny Safdie, who's one of the brothers, who's holds the boom so he's right there a foot away from you really? in the room and then you have josh who's behind the monitor yelling out things say this to him say this to him and then um and, and you just kind of got to go with the flow and then you have adam who improvises all the time and um and but most of the time the, our best stuff was when he just looked me in the eyes and this more intimate stuff and mm -hmm. and we just talked to each other and really i, I feel like you know i'm the only one in the movie that's kind of like the truth serum person For I'm him, like, the yeah. only time he literally comes home and has a reality check and um it's the only um sort of reprieve in that whole crazy ride that you're on in the film how much fun was it just going back to your long island roots yeah it was easy you, i mean it it's not so... like the, i'll be honest I, mean, I i do my homework and everything and i prepare but it's really easy for me to tap into one of those ladies <laughs> i know several of them including Myself a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part of me maybe that if I never got out of Long Island would have ended up. Listen, I'm from like I'm from Queens, her. so there's oh you could take the boy out of Queens. I know. That was it was from Rent too, remember? Yeah. You can't take you could take the girl out of Hicksville. Yes. You can't take the Hicksville the out of girl. girl. And so I was from Syosset, but it, there were too many syllables in that, so you changed it to Hicksville. Is that right? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't I, take the girl out of Syosset. Oh, who knew that? that funny. Wow. So what musical would you love to do? If someone came to you and said, here's whatever money you need, this is the musical you could do, which would it be? Uh, one that we all know, because I actually oh, no, I no. enjoy originating and mm -hmm. being part of um, new right. projects. I really do, and I love the process. And it's a long process, but but I love that, and I like um, supporting new um, composers and writers. The only one is if and if there was a way to figure out how to do it as as a, as a good flashback would be Funny Girl. You know, that's the only one I grew up. Why with. not? Yeah. Well, I'm starting to age out of it, so they'd have to find a really cool way to approach it. 
funny um, older from, woman. From, <laughs> from Fanny's life later, looking back at her marriage or something like that. So, so should Ariana Grande play Elphaba? Um, well, I know Ariana, so, and I know she wants that very badly, <laughs> and I think she's incredible. So, um, But I'm not going to get into it with Mark Platt because I still think that I should be Alphaba and I should just throw slap that green makeup on me and get some CGI and Benjamin Button the shit out of that and I like I'll play it I, I mean I love you Ariana but I still am relevant here you know it's you get rid of a couple smile lines and right. I, the green makeup will cover I it all mean, up Avatar come on give me a break oh, so you have this all thought out yeah already. Kristen I'm gonna bring it back just you know just bring a couple lines out not in Kristen's face it's my own <laughs> Um, okay, here we go. I want it for both of us. Yeah. Um, what does it feel like to be a part of such songs that are part of everyone's cultural vocabulary? Define gravity. Let it go. Yeah. How do, when you were first starting out in the business, was that a dream? Like, is it no. something that you could even dream of? No, I had no idea. Um, I'm proud of it. I really am. I'm really proud of it. Um, I'm proud of it because there are these yeah they're not just like successful songs or hits necessarily because they haven't even i mean let it go got played on the radio right. but um they're songs that are of a generation of a time they're songs that like resonate with a young audience and what they're trying to say and and when um they feel like they're um not being seen or they they're afraid of that thing in them that makes them different right. ostracizes them and um you know that sort of anthem that or that the the song that gives them permission to to say i'm unique and i'm different but that's what's going to make me really exceptional and extraordinary in the world and we don't know we don't get that when we're younger it's so hard we don't want to no. feel different than everybody we don't realize that that thing that makes us goofy or weird or quirky is going to be the thing that draws people to us. And that I get as I'm older. Um, I still have a hard time. Um, it's hard to be a role model and sing these iconic songs sometimes when you're having your own bad day and you feel like you're full of sh shit, you right. know? And so what I love so much about these projects, Wicked and Frozen, is that they are that they, they're constant reminders to me. One, how lucky I am to have them in my life yeah. but also just to remind me to practice what I preach and to remember that what I have is something really special and and what I offer the world and and that um and that uh I need to put that out there and celebrate that and not not kind of um I feel like as women I'm sorry not I'm going no, go ahead, I go feel ahead. like as women um we're afraid of our anger or of our large emotions we're afraid to to be too much um and I still feel that a lot I feel like yeah. I'm still wrestling with how to navigate that and um, what makes me beautiful and attractive and powerful. And so I just feel so lucky to have these songs that make me explore that every time I have to get on stage somewhere in the world and sing it to little girls. It's always good seeing you. You too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Into the Unknown doesn't, it's in my Oh, head. I have a holiday album. Should we talk about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I forgot about Jesus uh, for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus for Jesus. <laughs> That's what I call it. I always call the Streisand album, Jews for Jesus. Yes. Um, no, it's true. You, you come at it from a place of really wanting everyone to feel included, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and also, <laughs> as Jews for Jesus, um, as 
Jews, we we were jealous. We wanted to we wanted, we those wanted songs. to partake in yes. all the Christmas traditions. And as a singer, I've always wanted to sing Holy Night or Ave Maria, you know. And so I did. But um, I also I have this uh, original song on the album called At This Table that I'm really proud of. I wrote it with a friend, um, Jonas Mirren, who actually wrote a lot of songs on Barbara's last album. <laughs> and um, it's called At This Table, and it's really about. Um, acceptance and inclusivity and um, sort of forgiveness and the people that feel like they're not seen in this mm. world feeling like they can come home. And um, so we wrote that and it's just said holidays to us. Like it's kind mm. of Thanksgiving song in a way. And then, so then I was like, oh, with Frozen coming out and really like having this great fall winter, um, it would be great to start, you know, to, to go in the studio and do a bunch of holiday songs. So I did a lot of big band and, um, R&B and it's kind of eclectic but it's really fun and, um, and I'm excited. Ariana Grande is on I it. Know. She sings on a song that the Lopez's wrote. I asked the Lopez's to um, to write me an original song and they wow. came back with a their feminist Christmas song called A Hand for Mrs. Claus. I was listening to it this morning. And, um, <laughs> thank you. And then Josh Gad sings on one of the songs with me which is a throwback to an old Frank Sinatra um, Bing Crosby song and and then Billy Porter, wow. so it's it's a lot. And my husband actually, who has a beautiful voice, sings right. me. So. Thank you. Dina. Thank you. You're amazing. Thanks. Thanks Thank guys. you. We're gonna take a short break right now, but stick around. Wait till you hear Josh Gad singing some of his Frozen audition song. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care. Ever thought you'd make a great switchboard operator or seltzer man or professional royal mistress? If old-timey jobs are your jam, we've got a podcast just for you. I'm Helen Hong. And I'm Matt Beat, and we host the new podcast, Job Salite, taking a look at jobs that used to be a thing and now not so much. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find Job Salite on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Here's Josh Gad. Josh Gad, what's going through your head right now? Into the unknown. <laughs> over and over and over again. I have two girls, and I came to the realization this morning when they were singing that song at 6.30 a.m. that I'm screwed. I'm officially screwed. Yeah. We all are. It's your fault. You shouldn't I have been in the movie. I didn't write that song. I had nothing to do with it. I don't But you're it. in the movie. I'm in the movie. The yeah. scene stealer, as people are calling you. Are people saying that? People are saying that. Real people? Real people, yes. Take it. All right. I mean, every, I was at this premiere the other night, and every time you're on screen, these little kids, the laughter that was just coming out of them was just, all they had to see was just see Olaf, you say one thing, and they're just giggles. I love that. I love is that. Is that what it's all about for you? It really is. I mean, I I, <clears throat> I love this character so much, and, and I think that, you know, what's so beautiful about him is he, he represents such childlike wonder, wonderment and innocence. Uh, and I think that that's something not only that kids um, can relate to, but also I think, like, all of us have an inner child. 
And we live in a world that's so cynical, right? Like that's always just like down on everything. Uh, and and I think seeing a representation of just a glass is half full uh, kid like quality right. is is a, a really refreshing uh, different take. How good is it though to go to work and not worry about what you have to look like? You just roll out of bed. For someone like me, it's great. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much a Wednesday in the Gat House. Uh, no, it's it's so nice. I, I get to essentially just go in and like loose fitting clothes and just run amok <laughs> in a booth and and just uh, have a blast. It's uh, it's always always much more fun than two hours of makeup. And you've done a lot of voice work. So mm. my question for you is: Do you think there should be an Oscar for a voice performance? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, why not? Right? Uh, I think that some of my favorite performances of all time. Like to me, the fact that Ellen DeGeneres doesn't have an Oscar for uh, Finding Nemo, or or Robin Williams doesn't have an Oscar recognition for The Genie and Aladdin, yeah. is uh, is kind of crazy, right? So yeah, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's start. Let's that do it. I don't have that power, but yeah, I don't either. People who make these decisions do what he said. <laughs> and do you get a free subscription now to Disney Plus? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't care. I saw them run that crazy ad on Twitter where they like rolled out their entire lineup of their mm -hmm. library. And I immediately, it got to like 1974, like Pete's Dragon. And I'm like, I'm all in. All right. Oh, Black Cauldron is on. Okay. All right. I'm going to go on and, and do this. Um, my kids and I couldn't be more excited. What is an animated film that you could watch over and over again and you just, every time? There's so many. Uh, I think Ratatouille is a perfect film. Mm -hmm. It's such a brilliant uh, insight into art and and also uh, criticism, which I think is so so fascinating. Um, I'm obsessed with um, Finding Nemo. I think it's just one of the most visually beautiful movies ever. Wall-E. But the movie that had the most influence on me growing up was Aladdin. Uh, like I said, Robin's performance in that movie it, it was one of those things where I remember seeing it in the theater in 1993, being a kid, and I turned to my mom and can vividly remember being like, "Man, I want to do that one day. That's that's so cool." So that's what got you started. Yeah, that was wow. part of what really attracted me to wanting to be a, an entertainer. And have you watched the new Aladdin? I have. It's terrific. And it's terrific. Which one's better? Which one's better than <laughs> Sacrilege? Like, I, I, to me, nothing can ever replace. Uh, the original Aladdin, just like nothing can ever replace the original Beauty and the Beast. Right. Just like nothing can ever replace the original Lion King. And I don't think that those movies are trying to replace them. They're trying to take a fresh approach to a timeless story for a new generation, which I think is amazing. And my kids and I love them. What's the one film that you can watch over and over again that's not animated? The Goonies. Uh, <laughs> Back to the Future, Godfather, Godfather Two, Goonies, Godfather, Goonies, yeah, Godfather. They, they belong in the same sentence. I will fight you on it. I think that they both are perfect films. What's perfect about Goonies? Oh, God, just it's so insane that there's just it exudes brilliance by virtue of the fact that it's one of the greatest, <laughs> incredible adventures of all time, and also like. Like I grew up in the '80s, and and just like having an adventure with your friends, and and going, going on this journey of like self discovery, and and just like treasure hunting, and all that, just it speaks to me. Tell you what, I just saw again on the big screen. I've been trying to do a lot more of these. I, I love the fact that we're getting 
re-releases of films. Just saw Jaws again on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Perfect film. Like that movie is a perfect film. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, another one. There, there's so many that I'm so grateful because now I'm getting to discover them, rediscover them with right. my own kids. What are your, what's the one movie your kids watch over and over again that drives you nuts? Oh man, Trolls probably. The music from Trolls is so addictive and so hearing it in the background constantly, I get the Frozen thing now and I apologize. Um, I think, uh, you know, most of the time I would say that they watch stuff that I really love. So mm -hmm. I, I, I can relate to most of it and be like, yeah, good choice. So take me back to when you were first approached about the first Frozen. Did you have to audition? You know what's really funny is I believe I was the first actor ever involved in the movie before it became Frozen. So before Book of what Mormon. What was it called? Cold? It was called Anna <laughs> and the Snow Queen. And I did a reading of it with Jason Biggs, Megan Mullally, this is crazy, Jennifer Goodwin. And uh, that was the core group. And at the time, like Megan Mullally was playing the Snow Queen and it was clearly the villain. And Olaf was this guard. He was this like snow guard to uh, Megan Mullally's character. And he was the comic relief like traditionally, mm -hmm. uh, but it was a very different movie. I go off, I do Book of Mormon. I then am attached to a DreamWorks move, animated movie called uh, Me and My Shadow. And at the time, Frozen and Me and My Shadow were going to come out within weeks of each other. And I was not allowed to do Frozen because of that. I'm remembering this. And yeah. then um, Jeffrey Katzenberg gave me his blessing and I got Jennifer Lee like, and Chris Buck and, and the whole group were so wonderful and so understanding and were like, let's make it work however way we can. And they made it work. And I don't know what I would do if I had to look back and I had not gotten to play such a wonderful rich character like Olaf because the other night I was talking at the premiere so Evan Rachel Wood told me that she had to audition with a non-Disney song in the Disney style right so she did Lumineers Angela oh wow yeah and then and you could see it on variety.com or at variety at Twitter mm. um and then Adina Menzel said her and Kristen Bell did a duet of Wind Beneath My Wings Wind Beneath My Wings there was a point in which they brought me in to just make sure that I could sing, which was like a formality. And I What'd think sing? I sang, I got her, they must have video of it, but I think I either sang, uh, you ain't never had a friend like me. I think that's what I sang, you ain't never had a friend like me. Give me a little sample. Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves, the Sherazadi had a thousand tales. Massey, you're in luck, cause up your sleeve, you got a brand new badge never fails. You got the part. <laughs> got the so Frozen 3. No. <laughs> Frozen 2. Uh, Frozen 3. Come let, on. Let, let's get through this one. You know, Don't give me that Disney no, line. I'll, I'll, it's not a Disney line. I'll tell you what. We all love these characters so much. This process took six years for a reason. And it took six years because Chris and Jen smartly realized that unless they really had questions that needed answering, there was no point to, to doing it again and once they explored where the characters would be at at this point in their life it, they realized organically that the story coming from the inside out needed to be told that mm -hmm. not only did these girls need to go into the unknown and face what, the did, future, he, what did you say they had to go into the, yeah, in the <laughs> unknown. <laughs> but also they had to 
reconcile with their past. And I think that that was a beautiful entry point in, and it's why all of it works so beautifully. And it's why, frankly, the songs are so rich again, because they're coming from character. Right. So I think if I trust this group, if they come back and they say, we have a reason to make Frozen 3, I will be all in because I know that they wouldn't do it unless there was an actual reason to do it. And last question, what do you think when you hear opening weekend estimated a hundred million dollars? I, I think it's all, <laughs> I, I, I've been disappointed so many times with expectations that I never allow myself to buy into them anymore. Um, I think that this film is so beautiful. I think that this film is so pure. And I think that this film is as good uh, as the original film. And that is the part that I am still scratching my head that we were able to do that. And and from that, I can safely say, don't miss out in seeing this movie because- it <laughs> Opening November 22nd. It, it, opening November 22nd. <laughs> because it really, you wanna be among the first. There are spoilers. There are things that I worry about people hearing about. And I don't want people to go in necessarily knowing all the music. Right. I don't want people to go in necessarily knowing how the story ends. So I, my hope, whether it's a reflection of the box office or not, is that everybody wants to go see this because they don't want to be left behind because they want to experience the journey of these characters uh, for the first time with everyone else. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Guy. Thank this you. Great. great to see Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Hope you're enjoying Frozen 2 Day here at The Big Ticket. Next up, Jonathan Groff on finally getting to sing in the sequel and the two musicals he would love to star. What do explorers, an army officer, and a Minnesota insurance salesman have in common? They all wanted to be the first to reach the North Pole, but only one of them made it. I'm Kat Long, science editor at Mental Floss and host of the new podcast, The Quest for the North Pole, which dives into the centuries-long race to explore the Arctic, find the Northwest Passage, and conquer the top of the world. With a cast of daring adventurers and some pretty determined amateurs— the Race to the Pole reveals the human desire to solve mysteries of geography and the soul. We'll look at the important Arctic expeditions that filled the blank spaces on the map and recognize how indigenous people made them successful. We'll examine what pushed explorers to venture ever farther into the unknown and uncharted and how the climate crisis is changing the Arctic today. Listen to The Quest for the North Pole every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Jake Brennan, host of Disgraceland and the 27 Club. I want to talk to you about another podcast that I produce called Blood on the Tracks, the Phil Spector story. Blood on the Tracks, the Phil Spector story is a 10-episode look at the madness and genius of record producer Phil Spector. Phil Spector and the music he created shifted and shaped American culture. But behind his famous wall of sound, there was a darkness, violence, and an intense inferiority complex that those who knew him and worked with him were all too familiar with, and that led to the senseless murder of actress Lana Clarkson. With Phil's recent death in the news, Blood on the Tracks has become all the more relevant. Just like Phil Spector, this podcast sounds like nothing you've heard before, because you can't push the needle into the red without leaving a little blood on the tracks. Listen to Blood on the Tracks, the Phil Spector story on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Here's Jonathan Groff. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank Frozen you. Frozen 2. When are you doing Frozen 3? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I pray that it happens. That would be really fun. See? I would do anything. See, you're, see you are good because everyone else is giving me the Disney line. Which like, is well, if the, well, we have we'll see what happens after opening weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's the thing: I would do anything that Jen and Chris and Bobby and Kristen would do, and if they would do Frozen Three, I would do it in a second. Did you have any idea when you signed up for Frozen One that it would turn into this? Like, look, that's. Oh my God! Right, see? it's the musical. Uh, yeah, is that Casey Levy up there on the poster? I think uh, it is. Sure. <laughs> I love her. Uh, no, I had no idea. I don't think anyone had any idea that it was going to be such a phenomenon. And it was kind of like a slow rollout. I remember it came out at Thanksgiving. People loved it. Then it was Christmas. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Jen and Chris were holding Oscars. And Adina yeah. was singing at the Oscar. And then it's getting just her like, name mispronounced at the Oscars. <gasps> exactly. It, yeah, totally. It became a zeitgeist situation. It so when did you know that you were doing Frozen 2? That's a good question. I don't really remember. I want to say it was maybe a year and a half or something after it came out. They called us and said it was happening. I was so excited. So everyone so far has told me that they pretty much had an audition. Did you have to audition? Yeah, for the first movie. You did not. I, I don't did, get yeah. it. These people, you can't people just go to YouTube? They hear you sing. I know, but it's, it's I I never mind auditioning. So I what really song don't. did you audition with? So I sang um, Everybody Says Don't, the Stephen Sondheim song. Go ahead. Oh, God, I can't. Everybody says don't. Everybody says don't. Everybody says I can't I can't mess up his lyrics so I'm gonna stop myself right it's definitely those are the right lyrics for that part now did they tell because Evan Rachel Wood told me that they told her she had to sing a non-Disney song in a Disney style they didn't tell me that or if they did I don't remember she did the Lumineers Angela oh wow that's a brilliant choice (laughs) wow amazing so then when did you find out you got the role well, this, gosh, this was in 2012. It seems like it was just kind of yesterday. I know. No? I mean, yes and no. In some ways, yes. It was seven years ago? It was seven years ago. And I remember I put myself on, like I came into Disney, sang the song, read some lines, and then they, I got a call that it was between me and two other guys, and they were putting our voices with Kristen Bell. And did you know who the two other guys were? I didn't. And they said- And do you know now? I don't know. I never. I never asked. I don't. I don't like to know. I never ask for feedback after auditions. I just am like. I just you want to give it. me the role? Give me yeah. the role. If not, I get it. See ya. Then I'll know it went well. Right. And if I and then if not, it's out of my power. And uh, I knew that they were testing our voices with Kristen's voice. Okay. And then because they felt my voice matched best with Kristen, mm-hmm. that's why I got the part. And so I owe all of this to Kristen Bell. And how much did you actually record with her? Do you? Zero. Zero. None. Yeah. How and for you, the second movie too, nothing. How do you do how do you how do you do that? Like how do you I mean, I know you're an actor, so you, yeah. you could create feelings, but yeah. with not someone I know in you. It's like the the revelation was I used to be in my childhood bedroom alone by myself acting out Disney movies and being like, Papa, pa, you know, whatever it was. I was like screaming. I and you were just about to do Yentl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking like Belle and Beauty and the Beast, but she's like, right. Uh, I would do Yentl too, though, although I hadn't watched it at that point in my life. Um, and that's what recording as an actor, that's what recording a Disney movie is like. You're alone in like a padded room, kind of like a bedroom right. with like, you know, and you use your imagination. It's the same thing. 
Do you think there should be an Oscar for voice performance? No, because I I mean the real artistry, not to not to, you know, poo-poo on anyone's vocal ability, but But not just but not even the vocal not the vocal just for singing, but just No, I mean for acting yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, no, cuz I think that cuz for me, you know, you go into the studio they rewrite the movie a million times. I don't even know what the movie is about really until I see it because they've changed it so much. Right. So they're the animators and the editors are the ones that are really building the performances. Mm -hmm. It's your job as the actor to go in and just throw everything against the, the wall, come up with ideas, you know, you, it's a collaboration. And then when I see the movie, I mean, it's it's so cool and awesome and I feel so proud to be the voice of Kristoff, but what really blows my mind is the artistry of the animators mm. and those, what they do to make, even in like the song that I get to do in the second movie, Lost in the Woods, what they did with that in the animation is so unbelievably brilliant mm -hmm. that I just, I feel lucky to be singing it and, and I'm blown away by what the animators have done with it. To me, they should win the Oscar for performance. If anyone was going to win <laughs> a performance Oscar, it would be for the animators who are making the, the right. performance. So when did they tell you going to get a song in the second one? They told me at the, before they were, they were making the second one, mm -hmm. they were, oh, we're going to, you know, Kristen and Bobby and they, you know, we're going to have you sing more. They wrote a song, I recorded it, it got cut. And I was like- This is the sec for this Frozen 2. Yes, for Frozen <gasps> 2. It got cut and I was like, and I was like, oh, okay, they tried. It didn't work. I totally get it. It's completely But do fine. you totally get it? Doesn't, isn't that heartbreaking though? Not to really rub it in, I but. guess it's like, <laughs> it would be slightly, I was slightly right. disappointed, but ultimately my whole thing was I'd rather be in a great movie where I don't sing right. than, than an average movie where I do sing. Right. Like, who cares? Right. You know, I'm just, I would just rather be in in something that that they made that's beautiful right. than who you know I can sing in the shower to myself right. I don't even um, and but then they wrote the set the second song and I was like oh man I know this one's gonna get cut too I know they're just <laughs> writing this to like try and be nice to me and then and then and now it remains and that and and it was such a blast to record and then that when I saw it I was like whoa this is such a brilliant idea with the way that they've made. The, the, the idea that they came up to have the character sing is pretty phenomenal. And with that in mind, you know, the song could be nominated for an Oscar. Sure, absolutely. Which would mean you would be performing at the Oscars. Oh my God. I didn't so even let's, think so about yeah, that. let's go there. They would have to give me like an 80s wig and like a wind machine or something. <laughs> I don't think, you have, to, I don't think like... you have to sing as in character. <laughs> you don't? Could you ever imagine performing at the Oscars? Or is no, that just like I crazy? Could, I couldn't imagine. No, that would be insane. So what, okay, talking about insane, what do you think when you see opening weekend estimates, $100 million? It's so phenomenal. A hundred It's million. so phenomenal. But what is so, and this is how I felt when um, you're watching Chris and Jen with the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And Kristen and Bobby as well, when I was watching at home on my TV and I was thinking like- Wait, you weren't there? I wasn't there. Okay, that pisses, I don't think- That really pisses me off. I wasn't there. That's pissing me off. Oh, you no, should I, be there. Oh my God, I'd so much rather watch it on my TV. Do you know what I mean? And they- Fine, if they asked you to go to the Oscars this year, you're like, no. I would go. If they asked me, I would go. <laughs> I would totally go. But I love watching it on my TV. And part of, part of it is like, I'm watching it on my TV and I'm thinking the good- guys won it's like mm. they're such good people and they're so they're actually they're real artists mm -hmm. they didn't make frozen 2 
for the dough. These right. this art these artists right. they 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 made it because and they and you can see it in the movie. I mean, the work speaks for itself. Right. But they worked so hard to make it a completely different thing. Right. It's a completely different movie. It's mm -hmm. not like a beat by beat recreation of the first one. It's the music is completely fresh and original. And so when I think about a hundred million dollars opening weekend, what I think about is like the good guys win. Yes, and like <laughs> and they and they really like they really put so much of themselves in the movie and in the music and there's this whole like grief storyline in the in the movie that I don't think uh you know a lot you know it's six years of time and people get married and people get divorced and people die and and you know and right. as far as like the creative team and they've written a lot of their own personal experience into the movie and I just feel like all those kids and all those little girls and all those little boys that are gonna see it you know it's it's all it's like it's such a good thing for mm -hmm. for the for this particular material for this particular piece of material to be that widely seen is exciting to me because it's so uplifting and moving and challenging in all the right ways. So right now you're doing Little Shop of Horrors on stage yes. in New York. What's the Broadway musical you still want to do that you haven't like? It's hard if to someone came, if your agent and said you know someone has a gazillion dollars they want Jonathan Groff to do the musical he wants to do, what would it be? If if like the rules of the world were removed from yes. reality, yes. I would want to be either Maria in The Sound of Music or Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Those are the two roles, dream roles. I did the non-union bus and truck national tour of Sound of Music when I was 18 years old. As Maria? No, as Rolf. <laughs> But I would stand in the wings, and anyone that was in that show with me will tell you, I would stand in the wings every day and watch and just like wish that I was Maria. And then I also just have always been obsessed with My Fair Lady, and I want to play Eliza Doolittle. So now, <laughs> when you play Eliza Doolittle, is it a gender swap, or you're playing Eliza Doolittle? I'm talking about like, yeah, this is like <laughs> the rules of the world where, no, I'm just playing Eliza Doolittle. Like, I don't need it. I want to do like the original version. <laughs> Why yeah. can't we make that happen? No one even wants to see that. It would be funny for the first three minutes, and then everyone would be like, I do not want to hear this guy sing. I mm. could have danced all night. And what's the one movie you watch over and over again that you never, you never get bored? Oh, that's a good question. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Why is that? I just have, a, have always had a deep, deep, deep obsession and crush on Matthew Broderick. And I fell in love with that movie in high school and i just love it so much i love him and i'm sure you've told him that by now right yes i met him New briefly you've after, only met him briefly i, only met him briefly. I feel like i met him briefly after hamilton and i didn't want to do like a compliment swap right, right, right. you know i just was like uh, someday i'll tell him all the stories that i have to tell him about how deeply obsessed i am with him and i'll just wait until it's like at a mutual party event as opposed to him like after a show. So what happens when you hear Bueller? <laughs> I laugh. Yes, I laugh. I love it. Jonathan, I love it. Thank you. Thank You're you. Awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> Great to talk to you. We're going to take another short break right now, but don't leave. Coming up, Evan Rachel Wood on joining the Frozen franchise. Plus, she talks about the queer sensibility of animated Disney films and the Disney princess she thinks could be bisexual. Here's Evan Rachel Wood. 
Hi, Evan. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So have you heard from the Lumineers? I have not. No, I'm still waiting. They for really that. need to call um, you. I need to at them on Twitter or something. <laughs> How great is it to be part of Frozen? It's just now starting to hit me in little <laughs> increments. Um, but I think it really hit me when I was watching the movie with my son and he just like reached over and held my hand. That was one of the best moments I've had as a parent, I think. Mm. Yeah. Now, does he realize? As soon as he heard your voice, he knew exactly who you were. He did. And wow. I had been testing out the lullaby on him for about a year before he saw oh, the movie. Really? So by the time he saw it, he just thought it was based on our life. He right. was sitting there going, oh, this is our bedtime routine. You sing this to me. You do the face thing. Um, so I think it's great that that lives in that movie and he'll be able to have that for the rest of his life. It's pretty great. And you told me the other night that when you got the job, you cried. I did. Why? I, because I like to be surprised, so I don't have a lot of, I don't want to say I don't have a lot of dreams, because of course I do, but you know, there's these markers where you go, okay, that would be just the great, I would feel complete if this happened. And it's a long shot, but we'll see. And one of those was to be in a Disney movie. It's just that Disney raised me. It, it helped teach me how to sing. It taught me about life and love and death. And I then got really into the behind the scenes of how they make the films and how they record the music and the animators. And I got so nerdy with it. It's like my Star Wars. Um, so then to be a part of the world um, and to be on the other side of it was like a literal dream come true. So, so are you more an Anna or more an Elsa? Mm. I was doing an interview with Sterling yesterday and he said that I'm more of an Elsa. <laughs> and I thought this may be true. I do sing to get through my problems and I have a very vast interior life that I don't always share with everyone. Um, so that may be true. And I do like a good smoky eye. So <laughs> very Elsa. Elsa's um, a smoky eye kind of chick. She is. I noticed that. I was like, oh, it's a Disney princess with a smoky eye. I like this. <laughs> Um, so and a Disney Elsie. princess that wears pants. Uh, exactly. That's pretty major. It is very major. Yeah. They've got a nice like cloak pant situation going on in this film. <laughs> oh, it's cloak. Is that what it's, what it's called? A cloak, cloak it, pant? Cloak and pants? Something, cloak and pant. Yeah. <laughs> cloak right? and pant. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Frozen resonate so much? I think because it's about a different kind of love. And not just the love between family and particularly between siblings or sisters and that bond, um, but of self-love. And when I watch it, I so relate to Elsa in the way that the thing that she sometimes is most afraid of is herself and how there isn't really a villain in Frozen 2. The villain is really us getting in our own ways. Um, and... Uh, I think a lot of people relate to that feeling strange, feeling like there's not a place for you in the world, feeling like it's too hard or you can't get it right and you just want to shut everything away. Um, but the resilience that's always in these films and the rising up and the taking your place in the sun and the coming of age, it's just something that Disney's always done so well. Like I still can't watch Simba walk up on Pride <laughs> Rock in the rain without just losing my mind and crying because it- So you're a crier. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I wasn't really until I had a child. And then, really? you know, all of these things just hit you slightly harder, so. 
Well, the other night I asked you about Elsa getting a girlfriend and you joked, I'm here. I'm right here. Well, <laughs> you know, when I signed on for this, that's what everybody thought. Real, oh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> there was all these rumors right. going around that I had signed on even though it wasn't announced yet. And so there's a lot of speculation. And I started getting a lot of tweets at me asking <laughs> if I was Elsa's girlfriend. And I thought, wow, this is going to be really awkward <laughs> to tell them that, no, I'm her mom. Um, Hopefully one day. <laughs> <laughs> when do you think we'll see a lead character in a Disney animated movie that's LGBTQ? You know, I'm still not convinced that we haven't already with Mulan and and okay, go know, there. Hercules and things like that. Hercules. <laughs> Hercules is a muscle boy from WeHo. Come on. Um, but, um, you know, and honestly, Mulan, it's still up for debate. I think there's a little bi energy going on there. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's got to happen one day. Yeah. You know, we'll see. And all of these films have a little gay, like there's little, little. Okay, maybe more. I mean, that, <laughs> this is a huge part of their fan base. You know, they're missing a golden opportunity here, I think. <laughs> and the last question for you, what's the one movie you could watch over and over again and you never get bored? Clue. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Since I was a kid, I don't. I think I've seen that movie at least a thousand times, and it just is always funny to me. And I know every word by now. And now my kid is also obsessed, so he wants to watch Clue all the time now. What's your favorite scene? Hmm. Um, when Tim Curry is doing his recap of the night, uh, I just think about what that was like behind the scenes as an actor having to do that over and over and all the different angles. And his energy is always like at a 10 in every <laughs> shot. Bravo. Yeah, bravo. And he's got like a five-page monologue that he has to do. It was amazing. I want to see it on stage, honestly. That would be such a good Why play. Why don't you produce it? I don't I know. I mean, you have some juice in this town. <laughs> I got to get on this. You got to yeah. get on it. Clue, the musical. Clue, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Evan. Thank That's you great. so much. Thanks. Yeah, it's always good to see <laughs> Speaking of LGBTQ representation, coming up in the final segment of this special Frozen 2 episode of The Big Ticket, I ask co-director Jennifer Lee if there will ever be an animated Disney movie featuring a lead character who is LGBTQ. Stick around. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. And boy, it does seem to be happening here. I'm going to guess most of the people listening to this are deeply concerned with what they saw happen in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And I'm here to tell you it was a fascist insurrection, an attempt by fascists to take over our democracy. And it didn't happen in a historical vacuum. There have been numerous attempts, many of them successful, by fascist movements to take over democracies over the last century. In order to protect yourself, in order to protect your family and your very freedom, you need to understand this history and the history of the different anti-fascist movements that have fought, sometimes successfully, often unsuccessfully, to stop the same things from happening in their own countries. The knowledge of this history is important, and it's maybe the only thing that can save us. So, if you're as concerned as I am, listen to Behind the Insurrections on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... 
We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Here are Frozen 2 co-directors Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, along with producer Peter Delvecca. Hi. Hi. How was the other night? How was the premiere? (laughs) It was uh, exciting. It was overwhelming. Yeah. What's it like hearing those kids laughing? I mean, audience? it was the first time we'd seen it at a big audience yeah. with kids like that. There's nothing like it, you know. And then there are times that you didn't even know were going to be funny. But the kids I loved it. I was hilarious. Like, so I know. Yeah. And uh, they went on the journey with us. That that was great. Yeah. So how have Anna and Elsa changed from Frozen One to Frozen Two? Gosh, well, we talk about all the characters. They've grown up a little bit. Um, and that, you know, we looked at the first film, the end of it was sort of like graduation day. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, uh-oh, the world is open. Now what are we going to do? And so it's them finding their way, you right. know, as to where they belong, who they really are, mm-hmm. and what they sort of have to give the world. Yeah, so. Elsa's been accepted for her powers, but she doesn't why she has them mm-hmm. and um you know and anna is is happy because she has everyone finally she right. hates to be alone and so um <laughs> there's growing up that needs to be done and, and and confronting sort of how they're supposed to live their lives so when you hear and see headlines and don't tell me you haven't seen one of these headlines a hundred million dollar opening weekend <laughs> i haven't seen that what, <laughs> goes, go so. what goes to your head i mean we've always uh love the fact that the audiences seem to embrace these characters they have since the very first movie. Uh, but I think for us, um, just hearing the reaction of the audience, uh, that's the reward we get mm-hmm. of uh, uh, how much how personal uh, they, they take the journey of these two characters. So that's, that's really where we get our, our um, uh, fulfillment. Why do you think Frozen resonated so much? That is a good question. Yeah. We ask ourselves all the time. <laughs> I mean, Something about the characters. We know that the characters, as we as we crafted them, they were flawed. They had mm-hmm. our flaws. <laughs> they were us. Um, they're aspirational. Um, I think uh, people look up to them, especially young people look up to to all of them. Anna, Elsa, especially. Um, I don't know. I yeah. think it's a really we're still asking the question. Mm-hmm. I think what I like is we don't get one answer. I mean, at the at the heart mm-hmm. of it, the sisters um, are very significant but for very different reasons for people very personal reasons and um, I'm like maybe there's something in the idea that mm. people can see something different mm. or for themselves but as you can tell we're still um, we're still um, curious <laughs> <laughs> and Sterling K Brown the diversity in the movie how important was that to continue that tradition well we first started for us um, you know we always love the idea Arendelle is a sort of international kingdom it's a it's a hub um, that it could allow for more diversity there, and and but really we we I we had seen Sterling um, in many things, and he was just a brilliant actor. And very selfishly, we just said we'd love to work with him. And so there was more of a why not. Um, mm-hmm. And he graciously said yes, and he really shaped Lieutenant Matias with us. That's how we work. He came in and he went on the journey with us too, and it's been extraordinary. He's an unbelievable talent, and getting yeah. to work with him, I'm you know it'll it. Uh, 
you know, we feel very lucky. <laughs> and I know we talked the other night about the possibility of Elsa having a girlfriend one day. Do you think one of these animated movies can ever have an LGBTQ character as the lead? Yeah, I mean, there are no limits to the characters we can have, so mm -hmm. yeah. Why is Disney so at the forefront of diversity and making sure that these movies are representing the real world? Yeah, I, I mean, I think one thing, uh, that Disney does and Disney does so well is actually as you know we've traveled the country and I've traveled the country quite a bit I think it um, it sort of captures the the best of, of America the best of the world the best of people out there and I think that's what we try to do we try to capture um, the best of, of people and and how accepting people are and loving and I think we try to put that on the screen yeah, Disney films at the heart, they're so they're so different, but there's always hope, humanity, the things that I think bring us together mm -hmm. instead of separate us. I think those are the things that there's there's not one story to tell with those ideas. Right. But I think um, at the at the core of that, uh, it's important to all of us. Um, so. And Alfred Molina told me the other day, the other <laughs> night on the carpet, I have not heard about a Frozen 3. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> Can you confirm what he told me? <laughs> you read so, that? He would know. <laughs> we see Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 as uh, one story uh, uh, tied together. And uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, it's been a marathon to get to this point. We haven't actually released the movie. <laughs> We're not at the finish line uh, yet. Yeah. Yeah, but that final line. frame of the film, which uh, you've seen, the final mm -hmm. frame, we have not thought past that final frame, we had that final frame from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. that's as far as we've gotten. What about Frozen Disney Plus shows? Ooh. Come on, I can't be the first person to bring that up. <laughs> you know, I think I think we'll see. It, it's, it, it, in a very kind way, I mean, I'm, um, you know, what I love, Bob Iger always puts um, creativity first. Uh, that's the most important way to be successful. And creativity is this is the team that made the film. This is the team that has to see more story. This is the team that has to feel that it's right to bring um, what that story should be, and, and it's right. And so there's no pressure to do it. Of course, if we came up with an idea, I'm, I'm hoping they'd say yes, but um, we are, we're very happy to be uh, where we are right now with the film. <laughs> so what's on the horizon? What is, what's the next animated film that you just, if someone came to you guys and said, okay, here's all the money in the world, what animated film do you want to do? What would it be? Um, Chris is working on I a beautiful one say, he can't but say. I have to say the one that I <laughs> yeah. am going to be involved in, and Jen, of course. Um, but not, in a not different, directing with different, me. Okay. She'll but... be directing me. Um, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is, is one, it's, um, it's a project that I've probably waited for all my life. Yep. That's all I'll say. Yep. Three words, just three words. Just can't. three words. So can on that one. It's like nope. you're not getting your Disney Plus subscription if you say anything. And do you all get free Disney Plus subscriptions? Jennifer, don't even tell me you don't have a code. Don't even tell me you don't. I signed up online. I didn't know to ask. I just did. I, I mean, Chris is going to do it. I'm like, I get the whole kit. The you whole, should get it the whole free, box. don't you? I, I signed up anyway. I keep asking everyone who's involved with Disney Plus, do you get it's a funny. free subscription? I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think so. I didn't ask. I, just, I don't even know. I don't know yet. Peter, get on that. No, I'm kidding. Awesome.
And that was the end of Frozen 2 Day here at The Big Ticket. Hope you enjoyed all things Anna and Elsa. Coming up next week, Antonio Banderas talks about reuniting with Pedro Almodovar for Pain and Glory and how his heart attack changed his priority. Also, Queen and Slim star Jodie Turner-Smith. Not only should you tune in to hear our wide-ranging chat, but keep an eye on her. She's a major star in the making. That's it for now. Thanks for listening to The Big Ticket. Again, I'm your host, Mark Malkin. See you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.